You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I am your host, T-Mac, joined by Cookie Monster and The Biscuit. And... Our producer from behind the scenes coming out from behind the shadows, DJ Kent. What's up? Good, good. How are you guys doing? All right. Good and handsome. So anyway, today... <laughs> wow. I'm joking. Today we are talking about... Okay, just for anyone who's listening to this, this is a podcast coming out of Zimbabwe, which is in Africa. And everyone in this room is black and Zimbabwean. So we're going to be talking today from that perspective of we are Africans. We are, well, black Africans. These Africans of different colors. Just because you're not black doesn't mean you can't be African. Um, but we are Christians too. So how does our Africanness play into our walking out of our faith? That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is actually a very interesting, fascinating topic. Um, and I think, especially right now in our world, where there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of talk about race, there's a lot of debate, there's a lot of, uh, it's, a burning, it's a burning issue right now, you know, race, culture, all of that sort of stuff. We've done an episode, in fact, we've done several episodes before where we were, talking about this i think the last one we had hannah we were talking about slavery and the whole pre-colonial era and everything that happened so i think you know today's focus is going to be slightly different from from that and here in zim we've recently had the unveiling of a statue and it's a statue to mbiane handa for those of you who know mbiane handa is a renowned figure in the in, in, Zim, in zimbabwean history actually mbiane handa is um as well, believed to be a, a spirit, and that that inhabits different hosts, hosts, right? Hostesses, and yeah. So apparently, the spirit it, it goes back. The spirit of Mbiananda goes back about I think dates back about five hundred years, something like that. But there's a lot of history behind it, um, and so a statue has been erected in her honor, and the her here being the last known. Hosts. Medium. Mm. Yeah, let's use that. The last known medium of Mbiananda. Anyway, this the, this is all going to be part and parcel of our discussion. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, this whole thing now is, is kind of crazy because we're in the 21st century. We're Christians. Uh, and I think a lot of us are very westernized Christians. And, um, yeah, can you really be a Christian who is serving God, who is adhering to what scripture commands and also honor your African traditions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Traditions, heritage. Your roots. Your roots. So, yeah, so I guess that's the discussion. Let's take it away, guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, first of all, just touching on this Mbuyanehanda thing, I, I'm in two minds about it because... I'm not against honoring people who did good things. Okay, let's just start there. (laughs) (laughs) Every, okay, black people all over the world, whether they're in America or wherever, most of them at some point had to fight for liberty. So 
whether it's in the States, you can put a statue of Martin Luther or name roads after him, whatever. That's cool. You're honoring someone's contribution to the struggle. Um, and in this case, they chose her. But I think, for me, the issue is really bigger than that because we don't actually know our own history well enough to really even understand her contribution or why they choose to erect a statue of her. Or let me speak for myself, rather, because I went through the whole of high school, primary school and secondary school. The history that I was taught was that written by the colonizer. And I know about Hitler, Mussolini, Lenin, all these people who have absolutely nothing to do with my own country. If you did A-level history, then yeah, you were taught a little bit about African history, but it's like so far back, like, ah, like Samori Turi, Haley Selassie, like names that you don't even recognize. They don't teach you modern African history, like about the ANC or about the Biafran War or about the Rwandan genocide. So I think Africans already, or Zimbabweans rather, are very ignorant about their own history. Hence why maybe you can see government would be like, no, let's do this, you know, educate people, honor our ancestors, whatever. But the other side of me is like, no, that thing is just take it down. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> the spiritual element that you mentioned, because the Bible is clear about consulting mediums. So why honor a medium? Also, the little I know about her, she was telling people that if you Zora Vaseline, bullets will bounce off you. So I'm like, I don't know. Mm. Like, really? Bro, I was even Vaseline those days. She's shooting people. <laughs> do some things that didn't make sense but they still won so I guess they honor her but so like I don't know to me I'm like also maybe I don't know enough about what she did and her contributions but because it has a spiritual element if she was just like a great commander I'd be like yeah 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 cool let's honor her but for me the spiritual element of it is like yeah no I can't vibe with that that's that's actually very interesting I just want to chime in there and and you brought in something interesting in the fact that you said you don't know a lot about African history and mm-hmm. stuff and that makes the two of us I don't know about the other two gentlemen here. I know I know a lot <laughs> that makes the two of us and I was actually talking to a, couple, uh, a group of people and I was saying you know what I was brought up very westernized you know uh, my father was renowned a renowned English lecturer you know he was very British and English like he's a Zimbabwean black man but he was very passionate about British culture and the English language it was, I actually said it was a crime to fail English in our, <laughs> in our thing in our, in our we can hear it from your <laughs> accent <laughs> and my father actually wrote the, the English textbook for all level in Zimbabwe wow. that, that, that textbook mm. my father wrote that book Deep. so we were raised in a very you know I learned, I, exactly I learned how to use a fork and knife and I was like four years old or something like that yeah and and things like that so and then i noticed that i hardly like a lot of people talk about going kumusha i hardly i think i went once in my lifetime i don't know what my kumusha looks like i don't know some some of those traditions and whatever but i understand shona i can speak shona i can for for those not uh in the no kumusha is (laughs) your traditional home so yeah (laughs) that's what he means (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that so i don't i wasn't exposed to that sort of um side of things and then when i then got born again i got in uh, um i joined a church that was western which was run by western missionaries that had come it's a great church but uh i kind of got the sense that there was like a blanket approach on everything african that it's associated with darkness and it's 
this, that, and there were like deliverance programs and stuff. And some of it was good, but I just felt like there was just such a blanket approach that some of us didn't then just shun anything African and then lose that identity. And then now you don't know whether certain things were actually beneficial to you and certain things that you must know. So we end up I, we end up in a situation like you and me where we look at that statue and we're like, no, what the heck, take it down. <laughs> but it's because we don't understand. Like you said, mm. I, you don't know what, what role she really played because mm. you don't have that history. Mm. So my question is, is that part of the problem that because we were westernized and colonized, they got rid of that certain aspects of our culture that we, we can't really trace back and we can't identify with certain things about our culture, even the good, such that we just shine everything out. Yeah, but it's also on the leaders because they've taken a very half-baked approach. Remember at some time when they were changing the names of schools, yes. Prince Edward was changed to what? Murenga. Murenga boys, And they changed the road names. Fourth Street became Simon Muzinda Way and Second Street became Common Kruma. But there was no explanation. Like, we're all for embracing our roots. But change the curriculum then. Like, we don't know who Kwame Nkrumah is. You don't teach it to us. You teach us who Hitler is. So it's like very like unbalanced in how they have taught us and have brought us up. So they shouldn't be surprised when there's an element of either apathy or backlash when they try to do things that are like super traditional. And then we're also there like, okay, but why? Couldn't you have spent that money on teachers' salaries or updating hospitals like it just it doesn't make sense because we don't have a full picture of what happened in Africa except for the great scramble and whatever like I said everything we're taught was from a British perspective because we did Cambridge I think the issue with with that and why they're so half-baked is that they don't actually understand why it's necessary don't understand the value of it they do it uh, truth be told more for political reasons than anything else and for expediency of their own agendas, but they're not understanding the why behind it. Why linking or, or an appreciation of your heritage is even important. And maybe that's very important to this discussion as well. So within your history is a portion of your identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why, again, if I can be so bold as to say, some don't teach certain aspects of history because you get removed from that identity and it removes part of your strength it removes part of your ability it removes some of your self-belief in your achievements right now if i can talk for black people in general the consensus globally is that they've never invented anything because all history of our inventions is not written written. it's it's totally removed so if you grow up now and you have a debate with a white person and say what have you made few have an answer even though Many things. Now, thanks to woke culture and all of that, there's been a lot of backtracking and digging to say, no, you can. And when you tell a person today, no, you can, or no, the people behind you have, they believe they can. So that is one of the main aspects or things about heritage that are important to retain and why we need to be able to look back at our past and say, hey, my great, 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 great times 5,000 ancestor was an explorer. So maybe I can be an explorer too. Maybe I should make spaceships and go into, you know, mm-hmm. discover another planet. That's where it's important. Um, of course, it, it's, we try to only look at the good people. Like you said, we try to esteem the good. There's a lot of hidden bad in all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think that is why. It needs to happen. And that is why it's done. And when it's half done, 
it's because the people kind of are not even interested in linking us to that real strength. They're doing it for other reasons. Mm. That's a very, that's actually a very um, good point that you've you've raised there. And, you know, the, the thing that I, I often find myself thinking about is the fact that we should avoid extremes. Because I think, yeah. w- number one, there's the extreme where we say everything about our culture was great and... Uh, colonization came and colonialism and all of this and they they demonized our culture we need to yeah. reclaim our culture because you know black culture is replete with good things that have been suppressed and demonized yeah. and all of that so that's that's one extreme the other extreme is where we say everything about black culture or african culture mm-hmm. is messed up it's all demonic yeah and you just need to get rid of it because all of it has nothing to do with what's right and what's godly and when you when you apply some thought to that, you find that number one, how can a whole people group, a whole civilization, um, just live in darkness and have no great people among them mm-hmm. and have no inventors, like you said, mm-hmm. great leaders, great philosophers, great thinkers, like that's not possible. Especially if we're saying that God made everyone and exactly. has gifted everyone. Exactly, it does not stand so, to reason. And, and this is what I'm thinking about that. We, we have to look at, um, as Christians, I think our vantage point needs to really come from, uh, or rather our beginning point has to be God Yeah. as Christians. And if we believe that God made everything, God made all people and all people groups, and that God gave every single people group their diversity, then I think there's something to be said there about the fact that there's many rich things within the African heritage and the African culture. And... But the challenge that we find ourselves faced with is the fact that the gospel came packaged yes. in a certain way. So the gospel came in Western packaging yeah. and we just received the whole thing mm-hmm. as is. And then that Western packaging also told us that what we believed in, what we practiced, all these things that we did as Africans, it was all demon. It was all demonized. No critical thought applied to it. Everything is demonized. So then we literally just accept this whole Western idea. And then we rubbish everything else that had anything to do with us as a people. So I think yeah. this is the struggle that we find ourselves with now, where we're saying, what is good about our culture that needs to be retained or reclaimed? And what do we need to discard? Because not all of it is good. And the same thing should be said about the way the gospel has come packaged to say, yeah. what ideas are actually not biblical that we've adopted that actually have nothing to do with, with the Bible, but it's just the messengers <laughs> that came with those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've made an attempt to incorporate our culture, but I'm not sure if from looking at it kind of in a general way, if it's got a good rep when you mix the African and the Christianity and how it's manifested in modern day. Because when you think, what comes to your mind when you think African Christians? You think, you just think loud music, Bring it volume hundred, and you think of people falling over and being delivered, and you know (laughs) writhing like snakes on the floor, like that stupid video that went viral once where people were told to go eat grass. Like that's the perception that some Westerners. But those are caricatures, eh? Yes, I know. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's kind of just a. If you haven't actually physically been into an African church, you might just think they're all just kind of crazy, and. I mean, for me, like someone once asked me, how come white people don't have spiritual husbands? And I'm like, you know what? 
I don't know why I've never heard of a white person having a spiritual husband. I honestly don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know. What is a spiritual husband? That's a story for another day. But when a white person doesn't get married, they don't blame it on a spiritual husband. They just say, I don't know, I'm unlucky in love. But they don't like really apply these other things. But those ones also have their omens, guys. Yes, no, they and have. Every culture has its stuff. But I'm just saying so far, I don't know why so far the application of when we try and mix our culture yeah. with... The Christianity it kind of looks a bit funny sometimes, but obviously there's times when it's it's great. Like I love African gospel music, for example. Yeah, beautiful. Like ha, takes me to the heavenlies. But there's other aspects where I'm like, mm, guys, just chill. Mm. Remember when an African prophet came to our church and changed everything? Oh yeah. And it was like culture shock for Africans who right. were in the church. Okay. I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, some interesting stuff here. Uh, there's a gentleman who was just educating me about certain African traditions that we have that actually make us better Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about um, uh, the Shona greeting. You know, Mamuka saying, Mamuka, it's I'm well only if you are well. That's such a very considerate thing mm. that even if I woke up well, if you're not, then I'm not well. You know, that sort of thing. Before you even go yeah, further than yeah. that, let the next layer of that <clears throat> is if you don't greet people oh, and yeah, how yeah. sour they get. How yeah. Sour, yeah. Other countries and nations, you can just be, high, yeah, I want this. You can be very exactly, about the business, yeah. but here, <laughs> hey, you, there's a lot of things that will not move from you for you unless you just begin with greeting and greeting nicely. Exactly. Yeah. So I come back to that because if I look at it, to be honest, in my family, we're only starting to be intentional about that because now we're seeing the value of it. But before, we were fine with our kids just coming up and saying, morning mom, morning dad, you know, that sort of thing. And we've become very westernized and we're losing some of that value where a kid understands that, look, I'm only fine if my dad is fine. So, mamuka say, tamuera no mamuka, that sort of thing. There's another thing where you were talking about, do you know about Zundera Mambo? You know what I mean? And... I thought it was a fast. I knew about it, but didn't have too much detail. But so for those that are listening, Zundera Mambo is a concept where when people harvested, it was like a, a tradition that you don't like harvest everything. You leave a certain portion for those that actually had a bad harvest or mm-hmm. actually poor and can't afford. Do you know how deeply biblical that is? It's extremely biblical, but yeah. it's part of our Shona culture. You know what I mean? And we don't practice that anymore. We don't have a Zundera Mambo. When you get your, your salary, do you think this is Zundera Mambo? You know what I mm. mean? This portion, I'm going to leave it to those that are that are struggling mm. or someone who's having a bad sort of thing. But it was like a culture. You just didn't harvest. Yes, yeah. you worked for it, but you just don't harvest everything. Think about that. But the imagine we had maintained that and then you know. approached our Christian faith from that perspective. I mean, it would be so different right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. on a national level. Yeah, on a very national level. It would yeah. be completely different. Exactly. And then he talked about a concept of nimbe, you know, yeah, yeah. coming together, working. Like if Tanya is having something, she calls people and says, hey guys, I've got this project. Can you help me? Everyone leaves what they're doing and they come help Tanya until it's successful. And when Tanya is successful, she shares with everybody. Mm. Then next time it's Kuda's turn, that sort of concept. Yeah. Not expecting do. anything. Yeah. We don't have those things, but they're part of our culture. And yeah. because we've adopted this westernized culture, have we lost some of those things in trying to be? That's, I think that's, some that's, of those things we just also didn't know, good. though. 
Like we don't know that they're part of our culture. I've the yeah. three out of the four things you just said is my first time hearing about them. So it's also like yeah. I don't know. I guess you have to be super intentional I, about digging. I I had one. Um, I had a discussion about this maybe two three weeks ago. Something similar too. And the point in that was what you've re- just hinted at, um, that you didn't know. And I fault that one. Oh, I, I fault that on us to some extent that we did not get to the stage where we felt it was important to write it down. Not that we didn't feel it was important to share it. Our oral tradition was incredibly strong and it was the way we communicated from generation to generation. But we never felt the need. We didn't adapt to the changing times and decide to immortalize it. Yeah. That is maybe where, if yeah. the colonizers had come and said, we don't want to take over. We're going to teach you just one thing that we learned, which was writing the stuff down. Then they left. Yeah. There would be no issues like globally, I think, because we would have maintained a lot of the important things, yeah. learned to critically analyze them against what we were learning, adapted accordingly. Yeah. But instead, things were forgotten mm. and wiped out. And it was easy to wipe out because it wasn't protected. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that that is one failing of ours and maybe something till this day we still kind of do. We don't yet um, analyze and immortalize our new understandings and discoveries about some things. Yeah, wow. And just thinking about what the both of you are saying, the the whole history that um that 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 we have because i think history is something that you have to value you have to be taught to value it right and you know i'm just listening to us speak right now uh, i think we've all gone to good schools and you all have your to my twangs here auntie and naturally i think everybody everybody's parents you know obviously wants their kids to go to the best schools possible and unfortunately the best schools at least here in Zim, are the ones that have the highest amount of Western influence, so to speak, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the schools that have all the triumphs there. It's the schools that... So so naturally, because that's how you're raised, that's how you're socialized. You go to a good school, uh, 90% of the time at school you're speaking English, and then I think... Renek is actually not allowed. Like at our senior school... Actually, I don't know about my primary school. But at senior school, we were not allowed to talk. Just, you yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So at least at PE, we we uh, PE was a bit of a mixture. Yeah. But even 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 then, you know, you still had so many um, English influences and a lot of English heritage heritage, yeah. whatever that in in the identity. So now you're an adult and. Your, your whole schooling life, you've been taught to value these things. The circles that you have, the people that you hang with, all think the same way. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot of intentionality to, to then actually take a step back to say, you know what? There's something valuable about what my... Those people that we call the gouache owns, right? The people in the guashas, the people in kukuruts. There's a lot of stuff that happens there that is very valuable, that forms the communities there. Yeah. And they have a certain lifestyle yeah. that they have. And I think to some extent, because we, we in, our, in, in the name of progress and all this stuff, we've also now, uh, progress now means <laughs> being as far removed from, from this possible. other stuff as possible. And we call that progress. So maybe it also means that we need to come back and say, what does progress actually mean? You know yeah. what I'm saying? In essence, we drank the Kool-Aid that uh, we we were primitive. Right. We, we, we just went with ah, it. We took it all in. Instead right. of understanding that 
we were different. We had different technology, which was suited for where we were. Yeah. We had different perspectives and ways of approaching the world because we were a different people. We didn't have to be homogenous or ubiquitous with where they were coming from. So, yeah, we need to kind of white, uh, whitewash, <laughs> wrong word, eh? <laughs> but we need to kind of cleanse ourselves of, of that perception that everything that came from our past is bad now that we know better. It's a hard thing to do because, like you're saying, we've grown up so deep in this system that even suggesting it is tough. And that's why we had an immediate, most people, most Christians, had an immediate gut reaction against that statue that bad. Just immediately, like, just bad. Without even thinking far, without even trying to dig, without opening any book, without researching on it. It was just bad. Statue, bad. About, oh, uh, ancient Zimbabwean traditionalist. No, no, gotta be bad. And yeah. And it's all to do with that demon, with, with the demonization of the culture. Just quickly, something I want to say is that. So <clears throat> I think it's this conflation that's there, right? That we we, we conflate um, African tradition, African culture, with all the bad spiritual stuff. Yeah. So I, I, okay, guys, just all of us in this room. <laughs> the moment you hear of a spirit medium or you hear of um, anything anything to do with African spiritism, you immediately associate that with demonic activity, right? Yeah. Um, so the moment you hear that somebody is, uh, they, they lived Kudara and um, they were some great cultural person or some great cultural leader, but they consulted their ancestors, like we we immediately think it's all demonic. But then um, I've been studying a bit of culture, uh, just a bit of like African history and listening to some African theologians. Uh, one that I'd recommend is a guy called John John Beatty. He's uh, he's late now. He's from he was, he was from Kenya originally, uh, deep African theologian, right? But he he. I love the way that he brings balance between um, Afri- what Africans used to practice and what they valued as a people mm-hmm. and the role that Christianity played. So he actually yeah. says that Christianity has been in Africa for long enough to be considered an African traditional religion. Mm-hmm. Right. So because he, he studied all this stuff, like some really phenomenal stuff. But one of the things is, is the fact that, for example, um, and we call it ancestral worship, but Africans did not worship ancestors. No. Yeah. Right, but then it's also when we read about it, when you hear it in church, it's ah, it's all ancestral worship. But when you speak to a person who actually understands, it was not ancestral worship. They believed that the ancestors would pass on their messages to God. Mm-hmm. Entirely different thing, right? But when when so, I think it's also been taught very wrong, even within church, where we're made to believe that ah, these guys just worship the dead, but. They did not worship the dead. Yeah. In fact, there were people who consulted the dead, and they were bad people. Yes, even mm. within the African culture. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Now, I think when Scripture comes, the Bible tells us in Hebrew that God has spoken to, and I'm paraphrasing that God in in uh, previous times God spoke to us through many different voices and whatnot, whatnot. But He says, but in these last days, He has spoken to us through His Son. Yeah. So it means that even back then, they be- that God was revealing himself to people in different ways. Even to mm-hmm. African people, God would reveal himself yeah. in f- methods and forms that they understood. But he says, but then God has spoken to us now 
through his son mm-hmm. yeah. meaning that everything else becomes subservient yeah. to to that so i'm i'm just saying this to also bring understanding that even the africans they also resisted they did not want evil and they did, yes. they did not worship the things that we often associate them with so yeah just having that understanding for me is just like wow um, not that i'm saying now we should now go start going to our ancestors no but i'm saying that we having that understanding also now helps us understand the role that scripture plays where god is saying you don't need to go through all these guys you don't you, you yeah. don't need that because i have brought you direct access yeah. to myself through my truth so yeah yeah, yeah. anyway i said a lot there <laughs> yeah yeah i was starting to get a bit passionate <laughs> <laughs> but it's good i i think what you're saying um one of the things that you you you're noting there is that understanding these things yes we sh- we want to go back and and now start trying to talk through our ancestors or anything like that it is not necessary but knowing about that at least gives you an inclining and an, an idea of the intent of the people at the time of why they wanted to do that and maybe that is a good thing the principle there is a good thing that yeah. they were not trying to do anything bad their method was not correct maybe or it was changed rather later but knowing that it wasn't bad is a good thing right now the perception is that all our ancestors all of them were just bad yeah. all of them so when you grow up believing everyone behind you was bad oh, yeah. of course you want to push it away of course you want to be with the be like the people who saved you the people who taught you different yes, yes, yes. so yes. we do need to look at this stuff and and understand maybe the problem is we're, we're not um able or or not appreciating how to split the two things the intent of an action and the action that was done maybe that needs some work yeah um but we still should look back we still should see at the very least i've got a question with regards to that that's good biscuit um so here we are 2021 no one says it that way 2021 <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. we're modern the world is going towards a global village and you know we're way past that you know what i mean colonization happened we pretty much the world is going in a in a certain direction is there any value in 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 revisiting that in trying to reclaim our african identity and cultural traditions and stuff is there any value as christians also knowing that look there's now the gospel and you know the world is going to fall away and whatever and that's the way the world is going is there any value right now as a christian as a young cosmopolitan whatever <laughs> uh, uh modern african is there any value i would say yes because i don't think anything's ever really changed the reason the bible still applies and why we can listen and read those old stories is because they say somehow still apply to today the human race the people that they are hasn't really changed otherwise then that means they would need version 2 of the bible and version 3 and version 4 for a new type of person some people are so, do that actually <laughs> yeah some people are so because of that i would say something that happened to my great great grandfather can still apply to me today and it should be worth noting and worth looking into and worth appreciating that's one aspect i, I think there's many ways to answer that same question of yours but that's one part of it I'll let everybody else talk about other aspects maybe <laughs> if they agree maybe they don't agree with <laughs> yeah. me yeah I'll point I'll point out something 
for T Mac maybe. Hmm. Uh, you pointed out something when we were planning this podcast that you kind of feel like somehow African tradition kind of discriminates against the girl child. So that kind of uh, presents a pain point for you to say, why would I want to embrace something that kind of where I feel more liberated in Christ? Mm. Uh, in fact, you actually said even Christianity. It wasn't you who said even Christianity, mm. that's to say. But is that something like, for you, how do you feel as an African girl child, child. African tradition of <laughs> going, you know, going back there and exploring that? Oh, man. I guess it all came to a head when I was getting married. Mm-hmm. I could just... Okay, because already, right, in the Zimbabwean context, you have your traditional wedding, the bola, rora, whatever you want to call it. Then you have the white wedding. Planning the white wedding, it was like a separate world from planning yeah. this other <laughs> wedding. <Not> that animal. <laughs> that one, I had very little say, little, oh, almost no say. I had to speak through the male members of my family to try to get a say. On the day itself, uh, my brother tried to fight for me, but... <laughs> I didn't quite go according to plan. So my voice was not heard in that process. But in the white reading one, I was being a dictator. So it it was just so... I hadn't... Because I grew up anglicized, now experiencing that... What felt almost like oppression. Like, why all of a sudden does what I think not count? Like... (laughs) It, guys, it was that. It was baffling to me. So it kind of also fueled my disdain and my <laughs> resentment at being an African girl child. There's other things that would happen at home. Like any girl child listening to my voice right now who has brothers understands that the rules for your brother were totally different from the rules for you because you were an African girl mm, child. That yes, is the yes, only yes, reason. Yes. He can come home whatever time he comes home. If you come home after sundown, it's like... I don't know, like you've committed some crime. So or was you at? Or just generally around the house, you have chores, he doesn't. And just little things like that, that pick at your own self, like your own picture of your value. So I can't say I necessarily blame the culture for that. Because like I said, I grew up in a weird, like it was anglicized, but then at moments, suddenly this traditional stuff is thrown at you. And because it's so different from your everyday, you start to not like it because you're like, how come when I go to Tete's house, I have to act a different way from how I act at home? So I don't know how parents nowadays can balance that and teach children differently or I I don't know, guys. Maybe maybe the problem, the, the actual challenge is that we we don't really practice that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So the example that you brought up there, the the traditional marriage ceremony, the, the, the lobola, the rora, that's, you know, I think that is ex- like deeply revealing of our hip- hypocrisy, if I can use that term, because, you know, we live these lives, we use our iPhones, we go to coffee shops, all this stuff. Then all of a sudden, your daughter wants to get married. Then you just flip, right? <laughs> and it's mostly to do with appeasing the older members of the family, yeah, especially yeah. the Sekurus. So I cut you off, uh-huh. but there's something that really annoys me about those Rora items. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's like, you allow your daughter to wear whatever she can wear when you're at home and she's going to the village in those little <laughs> butty riders and whatever they are. 
<laughs> but come the day of Rora, she hooked up to. in a Zambia and she's covered all the way from top to... <laughs> but like, it's crazy. Zamb- why Why do we wear Zambias? Why, why are they not called Zimbabweans? Anyway. <laughs> No, no, that's because of uh, yeah. There is a history behind. Anyway, that. sorry, that's, just, <laughs> that's an aside. That's just uh, that's, that's random. Aside. Anyway, so what I'm saying is that so now that that already is like okay, we don't even really practice these things. It's like we only want to take things when they're convenient, right? And I think that's that's a big problem. Well, to the girl child, it feels very inconvenient. Yeah, like it the is. fact that if I want if one of you have a member of your family that passes away, I want to come pass my condolences. I can't come without my Zambia. Yeah, that that's crazy. It's like I'm disrespecting you by showing up in trousers. It's like the most yeah. baffling yeah. thing. But just like, a quick yeah. quick point that I wanted to just um highlight before I forget. I think it's also important for us to backtrack and ask the big question, which is the why. why? Mm. Yeah. Because I think a lot of these things initially happened for very good reasons. Yes, yeah. you know, for example, there, there's a reason why the girl child needed to be protected. Mm-hmm. right? And so that's why some of those things stand to say, no, you can't just come home because there's like vultures out there. Whereas for the boy... So, he, he so can, the boy child is out of being a vulture. Well, the girl child <laughs> well, <is laughs> indoors, being safe. I think, okay, fine. To, to speak into what Cookie is suggesting there... What what has happened? There's culture and tradition, and unfortunately, some things have lasted without being analyzed to see if they're applicable to today. When that culture was made, that perception was made that has lingered for so long. I'm sure it was back in the day when women literally could be kidnapped and taken to another village, yeah. and there was nothing anybody could do about that. Mm. It's not like they were kidnapping the men. <laughs> they were not kidnapping them. They were, so the guy could be out. And, exp- and also, let's add, the guy was expected to be out late because they would go on long hunting trips. Yeah. So he would be out late at night hunting animals even. Mm. But the woman wasn't. So, yes, it applied in 1904. Unfortunately, we did not let it progress yes, to yes. today. And so we have a lingering Maybe in some cases, very stupid rules yeah. that apply, they don't yeah. work today. They lack textual they lack, relevance. They, they're not relevant anymore. Yeah. But its initial inception not textual, was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of something else as the discussion was going uh, that Mr., to answer Mr. Kent's kind of uh, question. Some of the, looking at our traditions and going back to them is valuable today in another way. Because there are useful things. We spoke about the greeting thing and how good that is and how biblical that is. The West has lost that. Isn't it a wonderful thing for us to be able to give that to the West? If God has, as Cookie put it, put it forward, put us and made all our cultures and put us all in these different places, he would intend for us to be able to share the good aspects of our various cultures Mm -hmm. to better everyone. Mm -hmm. So if in America, people were now greeting each other and saying, um, how are you this morning? I'm good if you're good. I'm good if you're good. And and they and they translated it and did it in their own way. That's better for the whole world. So the best of our culture should be shared. And the best of their cultures should be shared. And we should be all be progressively dropping the bad stuff as we go. Yeah. Rather than completely demonizing everything about one culture and therefore losing what could be so wonderful about that culture that could apply to other people and yeah. could help them. That's good. Yeah, I like what you said about understanding the why because uh, I remember when my sister got married, I found it very weird. You know, in a royal ceremony, you can't. I was like, we're in the same room. Why are people playing broken telephone? Mm. You know, because I mean? <laughs> you can't just shout across and say this that. It'll be suma. 
yeah, you have to go to the, the youngest has to say to the second youngest, and then it goes up the chain like that to say, okay, I've got the word, I want to say this. It goes up the chain until the eldest, eldest person in the room then says, ah, Tajinswa, then speaks to everyone to say, okay, this is what's been said. Everyone's already heard it because yeah. it's gone through the whole yeah. thing. But I understand when you look at the why, it was just basically acknowledging everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it brought, even though you were the youngest, you know that. At a, at a certain time, there's a time where you're going to be the uh, eldest. Oh, you yeah. want okay. to be acknowledged yeah. in that whole thing. So it acknowledged the whole clan. It's the whole concept of, um, you know, you don't have one mother. You have many mothers. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't get it, but it, it made a lot of sense because, unfortunately, I lost my mom. But I didn't really feel the void of my mom because her sisters became my mother. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I grew up knowing them as my mothers not my aunties mm. yeah. so to me they were my mother I could go to them and approach them the same way I approached my mom so that's quite rich but whereas if you don't have that concept you don't benefit from those yeah. things so if we don't understand the why yeah, we then, then just think these things are useless Yeah, and, and I like what you said yeah. there because yeah. till this day my family still do that we, yeah. we cannot the, the men anyway <laughs> we cannot just start talking to each other yes we sit down we can you know casually shoot the breeze for a couple of minutes then if every time a new person this happened at a funeral i went to recently every time another nyati comes in that's us the Mm. buffaloes mighty buffalo Buffalo. yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah. but every time another one would arrive he would request the right to greet uh, the most senior person but he yes. can't just greet the most senior yes. person That's he has problem. to find the youngest, youngest. person yeah. and talk and ask the youngest person to pass a message we're all hearing it yes. we can all see it happening and the youngest person passes the message up one by one. one by one the system cannot begin yes. until you acknowledge the youngest yes. yeah. and that youngest person says it all the way to the top and the top in the hearing of everyone yeah. says it is fine yes. I give you permission then yes. everyone greets everyone yeah. in yeah. unison yeah. and we wait until the next person comes oh and we have God. to rinse and repeat <laughs> but <laughs> it is a bit mundane I actually thought of a new system we should have allocated times for when these days but anyway <laughs> but my point is that youngest person as much as it's a burden has been brought amongst all his fa- all his fathers yes. and is a critical element a critical part of it yeah. and Everyone through that process being repeated learns everyone. Yes, they begin you know, to know, oh, this person oh, yeah. is was born here yeah. and is after this, oh, and is related exactly. to this person. Family is ingrained exactly. within that within that yeah. process. Yeah. So, so annoying. I personally find it frustrating, but I get the value yeah, and yeah. why it must maintain. So my mom my mom is a nyati. Mm-hmm. And I grew up Why on my mom. Why is that literally the first time I'm hearing that? But, but I, I knew that, though. But I, but I've tuned so you. Wow! Changing your name in my phone. Um. That's why you and I couldn't even get married, you know. Oh yeah, that was definitely yeah, because we're, we're like related and stuff. So I can't even marry a sister. What a shame. Okay, I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, my mom is a nyati, and so we every and I grew, up, I grew up. This. I grew up. No, I don't think he knows. I grew yeah. up on my mom's side of the family, right? Mm. So 
I have to go. Like, they do this all the time. Like, it's deep. Like, when my sekurus come, like, it literally... So, it used to annoy me the heck. I'd be like, okay, but seriously, guys, why? And because I was normally the youngest. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, now that I'm old, I'm like, I really value, value this. I appreciate it so much because I see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is, when we look at um, at scripture and what the Bible um, what what the, what the Bible says and how Jesus is introduced to us in the Bible, I, I see that even Christ Himself honored the traditions of the day. You know what I'm saying? Jesus didn't come and say, "Ah, this stuff is all nonsense." I I've brought the real truth. This is the way things. Of course, he brought the way, but but he brought it within the context of yeah, the Jewish culture. of the Jewish culture. Yeah. And so I I feel like you know as Christians, we we've become a bit too Westernized, mm. and because a lot of us, and I think there are several reasons why. Number one, if you look at the church elders, the church the church. I don't want to call them the church fathers because there are many African church fathers that we actually need to know, but I think. Most of the theologians we follow, we follow are white and yeah. Western. Most of the preachers that people follow, most of the authors, it's all people from that part of the world. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, we tend to gravitate towards their worldview and their belief system. Mm-hmm. And then we, we um, associate that with Christianity. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we... If we like step back to Mboruvunzo, but God has used so many black people, so many African people. And I don't want to make this about race, but I'm just saying, which actually goes to show you that Christianity was never meant to be about race. Christianity, it fits into whatever context, such that a Chinese person can adopt Christianity and still follow their Chinese values and culture and traditions, but still be a Christian who's saved by grace. An African can do the same. A European can do the same. So I think there's need for us as Christians to also look and say, ah, not everything that we practice in the name of Christianity is Christianity. Some of it is just because we have church leaders who are of a certain persuasion yeah. and they have certain preferences yeah. Yeah. that have nothing to do with Christ. It's mm-hmm. just, the, and we've taken that preference and made it Christianity. Yeah. So, but it, yeah, but it means that we have to actively look at those things and yeah. say, hey, listen, yeah. even some of the music we listen to, uh, there's nothing wrong with Hillsong. Don't, I like Hillsong. But guys, it doesn't mean that if Darlene Czech is the ultimate worship the, the leader. Template. The template. She's not the template. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean that every worship service has to have guitars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I, I go to a church, I'm part of a worship team that does that. But I'm just saying that we need to look at these things because a lot of it, a lot of it is just expressions that are not necessarily canon. Yeah. 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 I like what you just said because I just remembered we had the most powerful services at 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 Scripture Union at school and we had no band. Right. No mm. band. It was traditional music yeah. that we just traditional hymns, uh African hymns that we used to sing there. But uh, I like something that you've brought out about, you know, Christianity not being the gospel not being confined to a culture because it's there. It's very biblical because Paul says there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Yeah. Nor I've Christ. just been thinking mm-hmm. that. And he actually says to the Jew, I became a Jew. Jew. To the yeah. Gentile, I became. So yeah. he's recognizing the difference in cultures, mm-hmm. but the gospel applying to each and yeah. being expressed differently in each. You guys have mentioned, so for someone who is not Zimbabwean, you've mentioned this whole Nyati thing. And 
Dr. Kent, you've just come from Dr. Kent. Wow, thank you very much. DJ. Hey, hey DJ. DJ. Hey, Dr. Kent. Dr. Kent. DJ. We like that, Dr. Kent. I'm going to work with that. <laughs> you just mentioned about this, neither Jew nor Gentile. But, um, yeah, in our, in our culture, we have a way of identifying each other through our totems and it's not something that is easily ignored because literally like you can you re, like you refer to someone using their, their totem and it's something that people are very proud of they sometimes say certain people with certain totems have these characteristics others are like yeah. these when, uh, exactly <laughs> well actually I seem to not have the best rep actually no. <laughs> and um, you know it, People just accept these things maybe as truth, but we don't really scrutinize it. I know at my church, it's kind of divided. Like when we're not taught to just discard it like it's evil, yeah. but you're also taught like to not give it unnecessary weight. So we were at one point was taught when, to when totally was, discard it. Yeah, when it first was addressed, it was like, just bad. Yeah. Oh, really? Just get rid of it. And there was pushback from uh, certain pastors within the fold. Yeah. And yeah. then they then said, it's yeah, fine. They, they, no, they, ne- they never said it's fine. They just accepted oh, that it's yeah. not going away. Well, I, I think it's important to also, yeah, I guess I've come to appreciate that. I guess the church itself is on a journey as well of learning. Mm. Yeah. Um, some things that used to just get demonized, uh, people are starting to learn. But the whole thing about totems for me, I'll be honest, I was one of those people that I was like, ah, why do we need to associate ourselves with animals? Mm. And in my oh, mind... Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Can I just explain why it was quote-unquote okay, demonized? It. It. Because the kingdom of God was put in a specific order in terms of when creation yeah. was done. <laughs> so basically man oh. is at the top. But then he created first, uh, there was light, then I'm just about to reveal my mm. ignorance of Genesis. But <laughs> they've been inking. It's always good to start there. Huh? <laughs> first he made whatever land and then sky and then after that it was vegetation. Yeah. Then after that it was animals. Yeah. Then the crowning glory was man. Yeah. Yeah. So they're saying, if you want to identify yourself using animals, you are degrading yourself down to a lower kingdom, which is the animal kingdom, and taking on those characteristics that they say, Wana Shumba have, or Wana Mofu have, as opposed to taking on the characteristics of Christ, which is what you should be aspiring to because you're at the top of the kingdom, not but, these but other levels. Up, but hold up, the call Christ the line of Judah. Yeah, the I was at Guan <laughs> that. Yeah. The minute I had, it's the, the lion, the lamb, there's all sorts of analogies we have of eagles and uh, yeah. wings. Uh, we got a lot of stuff that we ignore, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I think it's, number one, I think that's also reflective of a certain type of theology yeah. that... I think yeah, that's uh, that's a whole conversation there, um, but when you look at the way totems work within within the culture, I don't think it's that we're saying this particular uh, totem is now taking charge of me and how I run my life. I don't think we're necessarily surrendering our dominion mm. uh, by taking this one, but I think it's just uh, it was it's a rich way of expressing ourselves within within our cultural systems and it also means that like just imagine the fact that somebody is a nyati a nyati meets another nyati they bump into each other somewhere even in some other country mm. they're like ah nyati nyati and before you know it you've now got this relationship with yeah. this person mm. that you did not know before mm. and you're related on that on that yeah. basis yeah. 
I think there's so much richness that's within that. And I think it all goes back to that whole thing about Ubuntu and all these things that make the African culture rich. Of course, as with anything, it is prone to abuse. Mm. It is prone to um, even demonic activity if that door is opened. But I think that we can say that of any culture, of any tradition, it's yeah. not necessarily restricted to... Um, to, to African culture. So so I, I do think we need to, to really look at these things. Plus it was there cool West. What was that cartoon Visionaries where the Night of the Magical Light Visionaries. Powers of Majesty. But speaking of that, um exactly what um what Cookie's saying, we mustn't remove from any dialogue the acknowledgement that they are bad actors at any given yeah, time. Yeah. As, ma- as many good people as they are, they're bad people. As many people, even in the Bible, there were people who said, give me the same powers that I may do what you guys oh, are yeah, doing. Yeah. There were people who were using the same stuff for bad things. And they could, you could end up having a bad perception of an entire culture based on them. I'm sure there's some people who met these false prophets and were like, ah, the whole religion, nonsense. These people yeah. are all evil because they met bad ones whilst they were good ones. So, yes, good and bad happening at any given time. Then um, I want to again point out the bias that whichever dominating culture upon a message has, mm-hmm. and they, they obscure or fail to see their own contradictions. Yeah. Like, um, let's find totems. Me, Nyati. Well, it's a bull. So, therefore, everyone in the Chicago Bulls is evil. Well, yeah, the thing is a buffalo, yeah, isn't it? It is. It's a bull. And all of them re- identify themselves as Chicago Bulls. Yeah. They identify yeah. them as bulls. And not just them. How many sports characters are weird animals some of them phoenixes some of them weird things New Jersey devils New Jersey devils <laughs> therefore all of them are devils eh? all of them because they're identifying as devils and that's all west that's all coming from from there so if they can acknowledge that me calling myself a Chicago bull, well, the reason we pick the bull is because they're strong, they're, they're tough, yeah, they're dependable. They're, if they can say that is what we're taking from that identifier, why is it so different when someone calls themselves a Shumba and they're saying, no, my family likes the idea of this strong, mighty animal. In the in the forests and in the jungles, it doesn't mean that I'm, I wake up at night and I roar at the moon. <laughs> I, I I just also like identifying with this with this perception, and amongst us. Well, but why not draw? Though? Have you heard of Shumba snoring? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's another thing. But I, I will also point out that a lot of people outside of the culture, are the first ones to critique it, but within it. It's not like we have ourselves on a scale. It's not like a Mofu looks at a Nyati and feels lesser than or the other way. Mm. They may joke about it. They may make fun about it as you do with sports the same. But no one literally thinks anyone is less than the other. There is no greater than. In fact, there's like a mutual respect. It's just a mutual understanding. Each do their, what is it called? Greeting. Their greeting, yeah. It's like marveled, like you know, people yeah. like you do your you greeting. do your greeting, like, you wow, do your greeting, they, they the timber. Their, yeah, exactly. Mm. And when you go to their home, you're like, What is your greeting? Exactly. Can I greet you with yours, yeah. and yeah. vice versa? Yeah. You're mad, mad. Yeah. Can you greet me with mine? Yeah. It's it's very, it's very family and communal, yeah. really speaking. And we know that it didn't start with the position of worship. I'm not saying some didn't, therefore, then worship, yeah, but 
it began basically with it's like it's like a early version of neighborhoods if you want to call it and just sectioning off a society saying okay that group is there we're going to call y'all there it's our it's our school teams it's Ambrose and the Red Team and the Red House and what were the ones at your school? Junior yeah, school? They were also animals. They were also funny animals. Sables and impalas. It's almost... Look at the tribe structure within the Bible. Again, yeah. if, we yeah. go back, if, we go back, if we go back to Scripture. And I'm just looking... I'm just drawing parallels here between a lot of the things that are practiced in the African culture and what's in the Bible. Yeah. The whole concept of community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that not what we're constantly talking about to say God wants us to live in community? Yes. Right? God wants us to be together. So you then start to see that, you know what, there's so many rich things within our our cultures that we've just mm-hmm. discarded yeah. because of a lack of understanding. And we, I think we need to seriously look at those things yeah. and say, hey, you know what, there's something. Even Okay, look at the, na- at the way kids are given names. Mm-hmm. Names have meanings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, yes, yeah, some people are given names like Namo and whatever. But sometimes it's actually indicative of where the where, yeah, where the yeah. parents are, are <laughs> yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> our president has an interesting name. But yeah. you know, it's but maybe that also speaks of where his folks were at and yeah. what was happening at at at, okay, at that just time. Saying when you get to eighteen, you're allowed to change these. <laughs> yeah, you can change I whatever. Know. But I'm just saying, you know, my name is Kudakwashi Tinodiwa Tanyaradzwa. There's so much richness in these names yeah. that um, I think there are, there are a lot of beautiful things in our culture yeah. that um, are even that point us to God. Yeah. Yes. And we need, to, we need to, 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 to reclaim those things. I have to say speaking particularly from a Shona perspective. And this goes back to the statement you made earlier about the author who suggested that um, Christianity can more or less be considered uh, a a traditional slash ethnic religion. The number of our names that point to God compared to Westerners is ridiculous. My name literally references God. So do both my sister's names. So does yours. So does yours. They direct... It's like unmistakable it's like we are literally talking about god every time your name is said yes and that is a beautiful strength that's been lost yeah amongst many other cultures or maybe it hasn't because i don't know their languages but it has been i don't know what frank means (laughs) i I don't know who that's talking about or or elizabeth (laughs) i I really i don't know Yeah. yeah but but there there was a time when biblically speaking all those names always carried a meaning and yes. most of the time uh when they moved from their traditional lives and got baptized they they would change to a more a name that pointed towards god yeah. more and we are like that by default why should that be lost why shouldn't that beauty be acknowledged yes yeah that's amazing yeah. i haven't thought of that at all yeah i think a lot of the times <clears throat> it's because people like someone brought up a thing that uh, why is it that uh, you can't eat your totem? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is it that you're now worshipping the thing or whatever? But I'm like, nah, man. It's just a, a tradition because even if you look in the Bible, the Jews don't eat the hip because uh, Jacob's rib, were, rib or His thing hip when was, was, with dislocated. was dislocated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just in memory and honor of that, they don't eat the, that part of any mm-hmm. animal. And that's yet. why there's no one with the totem of chicken. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to eat that chicken, bro. Everybody wants it. 
So, yeah, I guess it's, it's understanding those things that, you know, you then make a decision to say, okay, this thing is good, this thing. But I think the positives outweigh the, yeah. the negatives. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, this conversation has really helped me because I was definitely one of those as a result of having been like a private school upbringing plus going to a very westernized church. Yeah, I was one of those who had that knee-jerk reaction yeah. to most things African. Not all, but most mainly out of ignorance and then also out of just when these things are introduced they're usually an inconvenience to me at the time so (laughs) I don't know how does how do you really address that though because I'm sure I'm not the only one maybe I'm a minority but the the ignorance is is rife (laughs) yeah it's all of us really it's it's all of us just varying varying degrees the first thing is that I think you know obviously I don't think this means that you should now start being all weird and and like start dressing funny or that you know stop speaking English. Mm-hmm. I don't think it means that. I just think it means everyone is on is, is on their own journey, and you need to be able to just zoom out a bit and start to look at those things to say in the way you know in the way that I process life, have I really stopped to think about the richness of what God has actually given me? Because as long as we look at our culture as something that just came from somewhere random, we'll, we'll never value it. But if we look at it as something that God actually endowed us with, yeah. then I think there's a lot to be said about all those things. And we don't need, because that's what gives us our uniqueness. You know, that's what makes us who we are. We're Shona, we're Zimbabwean, or if you're Ndebele, whatever. But I'm saying those are the things that make you unique. And if we look at that as something that God endowed us with, I think it changes the whole, the whole conversation. Mm. But also understanding that we're living in a fallen world. We're living in a world where yes. there's a lot of other things, a lot of other forces. Mm. And so, yeah, there are people who are going to consult uh, witch doctors for other reasons. Mm. There are people who may erect a, a statue with other motives, yeah. right? Yeah. Those things are going to happen. There are people who are, who who are going to be trying to do this and do that, but that 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 really speaks of where humanity is at, as we're described in the Bible in a fallen world. But I think for those of us who are pursuing light, you know, I I just really think that we need to embrace all these rich things, um, whatever that means for us, wherever we're at, where you know that that, that that's now more of a contextual um, yeah. conversation. That's me. Yeah, I think the gospel gives us a, a good enough lens through which we can view our culture and, and sift through things because you've mm-hmm. got the gospel as a standard and you know what's good and what's bad based on the gospel and you can sift through things and embrace certain things and obviously discuss the, yeah. the evil stuff. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So are there Christian schools, I just mean, I'm asking out of curiosity, in this country that teach children both like their African <coughs> teachings <laughs> plus the Christian not that I know of no, 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 not that I know my of. dad went to a mission school and that's why he became so western um, so I know that they teach a very like western way be prim and proper you know so and I went to a Christian school, though it was a government school, but it's an Anglican school. So yeah. the way we did things was very Anglican. Yeah. And yeah, that sort of thing. I mean, you had mm. more of it because I was a day scholar, Cookie. You were boarders. I was all in, all in there, man. Was, yeah, you guys <laughs> all up had, in there. had like 
services on Sunday and one more chapel, chapel and, yeah hymns the works yeah so it's definitely something that has to be done at home yeah right now yeah right now you have to be I don't know if a school that actually has African traditional um, practices or teaches that or has like part of their culture I don't think so because I think our school system is very much Western yeah do you know what um <clears throat> as an aside this last week we've been doing renovations at um, at my office and whilst doing the renovations we were clearing out a new space that's meant to become like my boss's office and in there we found some drums now these drums have been bought for i forgot what the reason was but they were purchased um i think they were purchased for like when we were running like shops and just for getting people's attention and whatever yeah. immediately upon seeing them he's like right we are instituting a new rule this drum is going to be rung whenever someone has done something outstanding and you know it gathers everyone around and then everyone can come and they get they get told about the great thing that this yeah. this person at the <clears throat> office has done and he said this is not a new practice we used to have a bell would ring yeah now i remember the first time i saw the drum I had that gut reaction that uh, what drum really mm. and we're just in the middle of this sub- suburb where you just going <laughs> like oh come on but one of the statements he said was he was now explaining it to people yeah. around us and he's like hey because tiruanwa tema in other words saying we are black people we're africans yeah. we should be using a drum it's Not our well, way yeah. of communicating yeah. and everyone's going to get the hang of it they're going to begin to enjoy that hey today i i beat the drum guys yes. and come meet up and all and i was like yeah and i had to analyze myself why did i initially react badly and this is me i mm. i draw black characters i do black heroes i do very yeah. yeah. stuff but even i still had that little thing yeah. sitting inside me that automatically was like ah oh, Yeah. Why? Mm. But it was a good thing. Yeah. And it is a good thing and it's respecting our actual identity not what was superimposed upon it. So we do have a lot of work. It does start at home. That was my office, one office. It's not happening at all offices. Yeah. It's not going to happen at all schools. It's certainly not going to happen um on a national level immediately. because the solution for that would be you know we change our language of instruction it's not going to well, happen quickly they added heritage studies to the curriculum but yeah, i don't know what good. it is i, I, I don't no know what it is we missed out on that teach. yeah we but missed we missed out on that it it is something that i think we have to do at home um to people in the diaspora listening you guys have it tough um bring your kids home <laughs> there's no seriously then they, they need to come and see something at some point in time don't don't leave it till tomorrow don't say we will one day they will hit 18 and they'll yeah. never want to see this place and they'll be so removed yeah so it has to happen but at in home. bringing them home you have to do it the right way you have to do it the right way yeah. because they can also just develop the same hatred of oh man what is this but we have don't we ever want to come back here we have relatives these fantastic cousins of ours they are american their mother zimbabwean and those guys love coming to zim they 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 do it of their own desire to say yo i want to on a come round and it's so great when they come they don't try to pretend to speak local languages or anything they just want to know where the other half of their identity is from yeah and lucky for them they can trace it so yeah lucky like for them very lucky for them yeah 
So it has to begin at home. I'm sure that interest was also placed by our aunt, their mother, yeah. that, look, this is your background. You are connected to this. This is why... Um, go and experience. And people, we have to be intentional about that even here at home in our own country. That's good. Across the continent. So when are you going to Kumusha? When am I going to Kumusha? Mm. I'm there spiritually. Wow. Okay, <laughs> okay now, uh, I drive past there a lot. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we should wrap it up now. Yeah. Uh, but I think this has been a, it's actually been a very um, informative Conversation. I think a, a much needed one, and I, I hope our listeners um, have have gleaned a thing or two. Um, yeah. I I will I will openly admit that I have a lot to learn and a lot to undo. Mm. So yeah, I guess the yeah. journey the journey begins. Unlearning is possible. I mean, I don't think at the same time we should beat ourselves up yeah. too much about where we find ourselves because a lot of the things we accepted without scrutinizing. But you're now at an age where you have a choice. So take the baby steps. Yeah. And especially if you have children and you know you are lacking in the knowledge to even be able to teach them. Find people around you who have the knowledge. And while they're teaching your children, also just sit there and learn yeah. the things that they'll be being taught by those who are Older. Awesome. Cool. Do you have any parting shots? Oh, no, no, I shot my shots. <laughs> Do you have any parting shots? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, you can come for us in the DMs, it's fine. And you can also let us know if you have any comments, contributions additions, subtractions, whatever the case. We want to get a conversation going and we value your opinions. And I hope you also know that these are just opinions. We're not saying we know everything. So yeah, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. This is Radiant Culture. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.